Welcome to the Did Nothing Wrong podcast, where we try to cut through the noise and help you make sense of the chaotic information space around us. I'm Griff Somke. And I'm Jay McKenzie. A former FBI counterterrorism officer is arrested for his role in the January 6th insurrection. Verdicts are in for the Proud Boys' seditious conspiracy trial. CPAC Hungary brings the illiberal right together. And some new polling points to a dark future for the GOP. If you like what you're hearing, please give us a rating and a review on the app that you're listening on. Be sure to subscribe at didnothingwrongpod.com to get our content straight into your inbox. All of our work is free, but we're extremely grateful for paid subscriptions and donations that ensure that we can keep doing this important work. Thank you. All right, we've got a couple of stories to talk about related to the January 6th investigations. In case you missed it, the FBI is still investigating and actively arresting people who stormed the Capitol, allegedly stormed the Capitol that day. Let me me get my allegedly, my news anchor voice on. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) There's one in particular that we felt like we needed to highlight. Uh, Jared L. Wise was arrested in Oregon last Monday, according to an FBI affidavit. Now, here's Jonathan Deinst and Ryan J. Riley at NBC News with this story. An ex-FBI official who allegedly urged rioters to, quote, kill, unquote, officers during the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol was previously the supervisory special agent in charge of homegrown violent extremism for the FBI New York Field Office's Joint Terrorism Task Force, a senior law enforcement official told NBC News. Jared Wise was arrested in Oregon this week, charged with four misdemeanor counts. After he entered the Capitol, And exited through a broken window, an FBI affidavit alleges Wise yelled at officers outside the Capitol. He yelled, you're disgusting, you are a Nazi, you are the Gestapo, you can't see it, according to the Bureau. Shame on you, shame on you, shame on you. As officers were knocked down in front of him, Wise turned towards the violence and started yelling again, according to the FBI. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah, kill them, Wise said, according to the FBI. Kill them, kill them, kill them. Wise, according to a senior law enforcement official, served in the homegrown violent extremism role from 2014 to 2017. So a former special agent at the FBI in charge of combating homegrown violent extremism for the New York field office of the FBI actually said these things to... Capitol Police officers. What what do you even say here? He became the thing he was in charge of stopping. My one question is, where was he radicalized? This is truly frightening that a guy who worked in the division, whose job it is to monitor these people, to keep tabs on what's going on, and to maintain a certain amount of separation of distance of realizing like where the sides are evidently couldn't do it he thought this was completely justified he he thought he was in the right here he thought Mm -hmm. yelling these things was the right thing to do and granted there's a gap there's there's four years in here which who knows what's going on with his life who knows who knows what happened but 
four years is kind of forever, but it's also not that long. And he got to a place where this made perfect sense to him. Yeah. Damn. It's weird because we've heard this story so many times now that somebody who absolutely, and in this guy's case, double absolutely should have known better that this was not the way, picks up on this narrative somehow. And again, we don't know what got this guy. We don't know where this guy picked it up. But this is a guy who we trust to keep us safe. This is a guy who works for the FBI. I mean, he didn't just take classes on what to look out for and the warning signs and what violent and, you know, hateful rhetoric and propaganda can do to people. He taught those classes. Right. You you have to imagine he was out there giving the speeches and the seminars or at least talking to to uh, new agents on the job. And this this is what he did. And nothing pulled him back from the brink. So, yeah, it's terrifying. It's really, really terrifying to me that this is the effect that this narrative is having on people that absolutely 100 million percent should know better. And here we are. And it makes you wonder because on Wednesday, two days after Jared Wise was arrested, a man named Jose Padilla was convicted on 10 counts for repeatedly assaulting law enforcement officers at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. And it turns out that Padilla was a member of the pro-Trump trolling community, The Donald, which is still out there, by the way. It's one of the places that we do monitor, and it remains quite active and 100% behind Donald Trump in 2024. And really, The Donald, it's probably not the first place you go at this point if you're a Trump supporter. The group started off on Reddit before it eventually got banned, and now it's it's still active in essentially the same format on its own website, but previously it was Reddit. It was a subreddit It called the Donald and it was fairly easy to stumble upon. It would get linked to in articles. It would be have trending posts or things that, that would kind of catch your eye if you're just casually looking at the site, but they did finally shut it down. Finally, finally years after Really, a lot of people, a lot of disinfo researchers were calling for it, but they they did finally do it. And guess when they finally what what forced them to do that, Griff? <laughs> well, let's see. Two days after the January 6th insurrection. Hmm. Yeah. Why, why did like they take it down? The what, uh, could there be <laughs> some dots to connect there? <laughs> yeah, it was a couple of days afterwards. Everyone started making those decisions finally Uh far too late. Trump gets banned from Twitter and Facebook and YouTube starts taking more aggressive actions. Something about the visuals of a bunch of those people just storming through the Capitol and breaking things and assaulting police officers and sitting in Nancy Pelosi's chair with their feet up and stealing laptops. It just finally spurred people to action. Who knew? And Hey, you Facebook owner or Reddit owner or Twitter owner, you uh, just kind of sat back while they organized all of this on your platform. You want to finally do something? Hey. <laughs> yeah. Hey. And all the, for all the complaining about free speech, it's yeah, they again, social media companies do the least amount possible to combat this stuff. 
and they do it as late in the game as they possibly can because they are soulless corporations mm-hmm. and and the right MAGA is going to complain about the woke mind virus and the evil plot to destroy their movement. And it's like, no, these companies just want money. They want, uh, why do they push some of the even kind of far out there woke stuff that even if they don't even mean it, they don't necessarily have to mean it, but they, they, why did Budweiser even have this post that is ignited right wing media? It's because they thought being inclusive would make them more money. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's all about the money. Yeah. It's always about the money. They don't care. They really don't. I mean, the people that get upset about this hadn't thought it through that Budweiser has been sponsoring events in the gay community literally for decades. They sponsor yeah. pride festivals all over the world. And for some reason, now they decide to pay attention and get upset about this. But Budweiser is a big corporation. And Chorus has done it. All of these companies do that because they know that, you know, hey, people drink beer. Yeah. And we want them to drink our beer as opposed to the other guy's beer. So we're going to put a banner somewhere. So hopefully they'll see it and drink our beer instead of their beer. It's advertising. This is not complicated. And they will advertise just about anywhere. So getting upset about this kind of thing now is just insane. But here we are. Mm -hmm. You look at Jose Padilla, you look at Jared Wise, and at least with Jose Padilla, we know, okay, he was an active member of the Donald. They were able to find his post and he claimed that, oh, he wasn't there for violence and he was only there to to talk and reason to people. That was his defense in the trial. Meanwhile, they had all these posts of him on the Donald explicitly calling for violence and to stop the vote and all these things. So of course these people are going to hire lawyers and they're, they're going to try to not get convicted and go to jail. But wherever Jared wise, the ex FBI agent was getting his media from, we don't know exactly, but again, we can kind of guess because Mm -hmm. it's, it's clear if you're at the point where you're calling cops, Nazis and Gestapo and, and saying, kill them, kill him then you're in some kind of really dangerous echo chamber. Yes, you are. And the only voices you're you're taking seriously, the the voices you're not mocking are the ones that are part of that same echo chamber. And it eventually it changes mm-hmm. you. It it can make your beliefs more radical and at the same time your beliefs are becoming more radical, you actually start to think you're the rational one and everyone outside the echo chamber is irrational and wrong. And like you said, we've seen this time and time again, but it's just a story that's a little different. It's a little harder to believe because of his role at the FBI, but it checks a lot of the same boxes. Maybe, maybe his life took a dark turn. Maybe he's down on his luck who knows? We can definitely guess. It seems that he was spending a whole lot of time on the internet and maybe it wasn't the Donald. But again, like you said, this is the rhetoric that you will hear if you're spending a whole lot of time on the Donald. And this is a guy who very yeah. easily could have been doing that as a result of what he did for a living. So obviously he knew where all this stuff was. He knew where yeah. all this stuff is located. And you have some big life event like losing your job. Maybe this is where you just say, guess what? Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was on the wrong side this whole time. Maybe the deep state did get me fired because of my 
pro-Trump beliefs. Maybe. Uh, it's it, it kind of objectively sounds a little crazy, but I, I know for me and probably for you too, it doesn't feel like it would be much no. of a leap to convince a guy like this that that's exactly what happened. No, you weren't bad at your job. You just had wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And they target and remove or unperson anyone with wrong think. And I mean, the guy's flailing. He's looking for a reason why things went sideways. This is the time when you're really susceptible to this kind of thing happening in your life. We've seen it time and time again. You know, we saw it with David DePape. We've seen any number of people hit a wall and then go off in some direction like this once they've found this particular type of rhetoric. It just grabs on doesn't seem to let go yeah and and the details here well they already are awful but they did actually manage to get worse somehow there was uh there was some subsequent reporting from the new york times that shared some additional details about mr wise and i i felt the need to highlight that as well it's adam goldman and alan fewer at the New York Times. They wrote from 2004 to 2017, Mr. Wise worked on public corruption and counterterrorism matters at the FBI field offices in Washington, D.C. and New York. He was briefly detailed to Libya to help agents investigate the terrorist attack in Benghazi, Libya in 2012 that killed four Americans. Mr. Wise left the bureau after his supervisors in New York became unhappy with his work and his career had stalled, a former senior FBI official said. Mr. Wise later joined the conservative group Project Veritas under the supervision of a former British spy, Richard Seddon, who had been recruited by the security contractor Eric Prince to train operatives to infiltrate trade unions, Democratic congressional campaigns, and other targets. At Project Veritas, according to a former employee with direct knowledge of his employment, Mr. Wise used the code name Bendghazi and trained at the Prince family ranch in Wyoming with other recruits. Mr. Wise was among a group of Project Veritas operatives who were assigned to infiltrate teacher unions in Ohio, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Kentucky, according to the former employee. Mr. Seddon oversaw the operation. Mr. Wise apparently left Project Veritas in mid-2018, the former employee said. Ew. Bend Ghazi, Bend Ghazi. I, hmm, what do you think his personal beliefs on Hillary Clinton might be? Hmm. You think they're positive? Somehow, no. <laughs> Somehow, I don't think he voted for Hillary. I just don't get that impression. Sometimes you get some pretty clear tells, and I don't know what all it means or how much the, the Project Veritas connection does or does not matter. He very well could have been in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, all of his own volition, all by himself. Nobody else had any other input. So we're not claiming... Nope any evidence of any conspiracy here, anything deeper, but it's weird. Yes, it is. Ugh. Yeah. When you remember the various connections between all of these people, you've got Eric Prince, the, uh, the brother of Trump's secretary of education, Betsy DeVos. You've got Eric Prince who spent a bunch of money to train project Veritas operatives to infiltrate liberal groups and do God knows what else. Prince is longtime friends with Bannon. He used to go on his radio show a lot. Prince and Roger Stone teamed up in 2016 uh, f- on a voter suppression effort. You may remember that. Mm-hmm. That was um, Bill Clinton's alleged 
black son. Ah, uh, yes. Danny Clinton. Danny Clinton. Ugh. Yeah. I, I doubt hardly anyone knows what I'm talking about. Be glad. Just, just. I should have learned a foreign language. <laughs> yes. Instead of learning a foreign language, I read that account and its tweets and the various people who amplified it. So, uh, maybe this, you know, anyway. totally worth it. <laughs> so you've got Roger Stone, who's a central figure in a lot of this. He was in DC on January 6th, though. By all indications, he was in his hotel room. He made it <laughs> as, as evident as possible by posting videos and pictures on various social media platforms that he was not in the Capitol building or on Capitol Hill at the time the insurrection was occurring. But at the same time, he was there and his security in D.C. that week were members of the Oath Keepers and the leader of the Oath Keepers, Stuart Rhodes, was himself found guilty on multiple charges, including seditious conspiracy last November. I I could go on for a while here with how all these people inter, interact and intersect. And it again, it doesn't prove anything. But, man. Roger Stone sure is in the center of a whole lot of people who have been recently convicted of seditious conspiracy. Seditious conspiracy is not something they break out all that often. So the idea that you were sort of in the center of all of this, man, it gets the old noggin jogging. And one thing I would like to kind of think about for a minute, what you just said about how Eric Prince spent a lot of money to train Project Veritas operatives to infiltrate liberal groups. We know that Wise was one of the people that Eric Prince had doing this kind of work through Richard Seddon. And it's fascinating to me, at least, that there's always been a certain amount of speculation about, like, we knew about the Eric Prince stuff. Who were the people that Eric Prince was hiring to do this kind of work? Well, now we at least know a little bit that one of them was a former, you know, FBI domestic violence extremist guy that. Yeah. Yeah. These aren't just any geek off the street, as it were. Well, and even though it says he left Project Veritas in 2018, and I'm not saying he didn't, but you have, if you're them, if you're Eric Prince or Richard Seddon or whoever else is involved in there, are you really going to let a guy go who was an ex FBI special agent in charge of this, in charge of homegrown violent extremism? He has some knowledge and information that you could obviously use to your advantage. So maybe maybe he told them, no, I'm done. Maybe he was out. Maybe. maybe. But you think they really just let it go and said, oh, well. I, I, and, and maybe he was erratic or maybe his work wasn't great or maybe who knows? Who knows what's going on? But it's not like these people don't keep email lists. It's not like they don't. Okay, he said no now. Well, we'll check back in a year. I, I mean, at the very least, when you're getting together your your group of who <laughs> who you're going to buy a bus ticket yeah. to January 6th for, it's like, wouldn't that be a guy you'd say, hey, you want to you want to come to D.C.? You want to you want to get a beer with us? Yeah. It stinks. It really, really it stinks. Does. And I think at least one thing about this whole situation that we can say for sure is that most of the big players in Trump world, you know, Steve Bannon, Eric Prince, Roger Stone, et cetera, they're still out there and they're still breathing free air. And for 
at least the very least, Jared Wise was another person that MAGA found a use for, regardless of what that was. That lasted about, well, I don't know, five minutes. And now, based on what we're reading here, it's really unlikely that Wise avoids jail time for all of this. So, But what do they care? They don't. Yeah. What do they care? The Kremlin does not believe in tears, and neither does MAGA. <laughs> well, speaking of far-right groups, Roger Stone likes to spend time oh. with. Uh, <laughs> how, how long you got? <laughs> how long, how long all you got? of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, all of them, really. Uh, Seriously. <laughs> yeah. The trial of five Proud Boys members accused of seditious conspiracy just wrapped up. Mm. And again, you mentioned it. Those are not the lightest uh, of charges, no, are they? No, not so much. Proud of your boy. Proud of your boy. <laughs> <laughs> we should read the verdict. This is this is The verdict? Yeah. This is from Jordan Fisher, uh, Fisher on record on Twitter, who covered the trial. Count one, seditious conspiracy. Ethan Nordine, guilty. Joseph Biggs, guilty. Zachary Rill, guilty. Enrique Tario, guilty. And Dominic Pizzola, no verdict. Mm, they did get him on some other charges, but... They didn't get him on the know, big... Four out of five no, ain't four bad. four out of five is uh, definitely not uh, bad. Four out of five, including the once and future king, Enrique Tario. We're still not clear who who is in charge of the Proud Boys here. And we asked the expert, Samantha Kuttner. She's not clear either. Are Do they know... Uh, yeah. Good question. Do they intentionally obfuscate who's in charge of the group for reasons like this? Mm -hmm. That would be my guess. Yeah. But, you know, again, I'm some guy with a podcast, so what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> you can keep reading the rest of the thread if you really want to. Uh, Jordan on record. We'll have it in the show notes. And uh, we did have a lot of great coverage on this. And, and Jordan uh, Fisher was one. Brandy Bacham, who started the trial at the daily cost and then ended up working for uh, Marcy Wheeler, empty wheel uh, on Twitter or empty wheel.com. You may know her uh, had some great commentary. We, we thoroughly recommend, but yeah. And we're actually going to try to get some of them on Indeed. hopefully in the, in the nearest future. Crush but in fingers. any case we can, yeah, I'll read from the, the DOJ press release here, which they published after the trial wrapped up. They wrote, uh, according to the evidence, the Proud Boys described themselves as members of a pro-Western fraternal organization for men who refused to apologize for creating the modern world, a.k.a. Western chauvinists. Th yeah. <laughs> Through at least no fap. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is why children cannot listen to this mm -hmm. podcast. I'm very sorry. Yeah. Okay. So through at least January 6, 2021, Tario was the national chairman of the organization. In September 2020, former President Donald J. Trump told the Proud Boys during a nationally televised debate to, quote, stand back and stand by, unquote. Thereafter, membership in the group increased dramatically. Proud Boys played a significant and often violent role in Washington, D.C. rallies in November and December 2020. During a rally in Washington, D.C. on December 12, 2020, Tario set a stolen Black Lives Matter banner on fire. During that same rally, cooperating defendant Jeremy Bertino, who has also pleaded guilty to 
seditious conspiracy was stabbed. Mm. In the aftermath, Tario created a special chapter of the Proud Boys known as the Ministry of Self-Defense. Beginning after December 19th, 2020, Tario and his co-defendants, all of whom were leaders or members of the Ministry of Self-Defense, conspired to prevent, hinder, and delay the certification of the Electoral College vote and to oppose by force the authority of the government of the United States. On January 6, 2021, the defendants directed, mobilized, and led a group of Proud Boys and other members of the crowd onto the Capitol grounds, leading to dismantling of metal barricades, destruction of property, breaching of the Capitol building, and assaults on law enforcement. During and after the attack, Tario and his co-defendants claimed credit for what had happened on social media and in an encrypted chat room. And this is why we have zero qualms about calling January 6th an insurrection, because we now have not one but two leaders of pro-Trump groups who were present in D.C. on January 6th convicted of seditious conspiracy. They wanted to prevent the certification of the 2020 election and hoped to prevent the peaceful transfer of power to Joe Biden. Here's Attorney General Merrick Garland. And now, after three trials... We have secured the convictions of leaders of both the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers for seditious conspiracy, specifically conspiring to oppose by force the lawful transfer of presidential power. Our work will continue. At my Senate confirmation hearing just over a month after January 6th, I promised that the Justice Department would do everything in its power to hold accountable those responsible for the heinous attack that sought to disrupt a cornerstone of our democracy, the peaceful transfer of power to a newly elected government. And as I have said repeatedly, the department will conduct all of its work in a manner that adheres to the rule of law and honors our obligations to protect the civil rights and civil liberties of everyone in this country. Today's verdict is another example of our steadfast commitment to keeping those promises. The Justice Department will never stop working to defend the democracy to which all Americans are entitled. Look, that's that's a good clip. And I know not everyone's going to love it because there are plenty of people on the left who aren't happy with Merrick Garland. They wish he was doing more. They wish... A bunch more bigger names had gone down for January 6th. And hey, I get that desire. I really do. Life isn't always fair. And a lot of what's happening here is not fair. But our goal and what we hope your goal is, is to preserve the rule of law, not bend it to our will because Trump is bad and MAGA is bad. And they are. But there's a limit to what the rule of law allows. And there have been over a thousand Trump supporters arrested for their actions on January 6th. The Justice Department has obtained hundreds of convictions in these cases, and many remain ongoing. So as of March 19th, do you know off the top of your head how many of the January 6th defendants that went to trial have been acquitted? One. Yeah. One. I know it's one because Tucker Carlson talked Mm -hmm. about it. So over a thousand supporters arrested, hundreds of convictions, one person walked. 
that's a pretty good yeah. ratio that they're running right there. And they have to. They have to be near perfect mm-hmm. because, again, like you said, the one person who got off on, honestly, it sounded like a technicality, was featured on Tucker's show mm-hmm. because when he when he's still laughing. The goal here at the Did Nothing Wrong podcast is to get Tucker Carlson to hate listen <laughs> to this show. It's coming, folks. We're it's well coming, on folks. our way. Hi, Tucker. Tuck, tuck. <laughs> but yeah, they, they, of course, the right is going to highlight any time the DOJ can't secure a conviction. And they're going to make it sound like it's 50 or 500 or 50,000, even though it's one, because this is what they do. So again, not fair, but this is the game Mm -hmm. we're playing. This is the reality. We're we're not, we're not saying it's fair. We're just saying this is where we're at. It's not about fair. It's about narrative. Yeah. And like we said, they're doing what they can, which is everything within their power to do within the bounds of the rule of law, which is what we're all supposed to be about defending here. It's not perfect, but it's what makes us different than the side whose members get convicted of seditious conspiracy. And it's not over. The Justice Department is turning over every rock, exploring every potential avenue for investigation. But if they aren't confident they can get a conviction, they're probably not going to pursue a case. Yeah. Can you remind me how many Antifa super soldiers have been convicted on seditious conspiracy? Hmm, that would be zero. Oh, Man, those tricky, tricky, Wait. tricky Antifa super soldiers. So so the woke mind virus has taken mm-hmm. over DOJ. Is that, that, is, what that is apparently what is being implied here. Can you just say that next time? Yeah, I'll save us all some time. The woke mind virus. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. So uh, I guess think about it this way. Let's pour one out and remember how much of a dud John Durham's investigation mm-hmm was is i think he might still be out there collecting a check but he gave it i guess that was his best shot and uh he got one guy to admit to essentially a clerical error and he pled guilty and got off with probation (laughs) and every case that durham brought to trial and the the great savior who was going to cause the storm Mm -hmm. to descend on the left and every case that he brought to trial resulted in a not guilty verdict. Uh, Durham has become a joke. And he went looking for made up Twitter crimes <laughs> and spent a bunch <laughs> of the government's money. And he gave the right plenty of narratives and stories they like to tell. But what did he actually accomplish for them in any sort of tangible, real, legal nothing. sense? In, in, nothing. Nothing yeah. but a few days of you know headlines on conservative MAGA media. That was it, really. Yeah, that was it. And maybe that was always the point, but he was promised as far, far more than that. So look, Merrick Garland may not be perfect. We're not saying he's above criticism because who is, but consider the alternative and consider how much it would help Trump if DOJ tried to prosecute him on charges they can't prove. We have to be better. Yes, than this. that's right. And again, we understand if you're angry, frustrated, or even depressed by this reality, but you got to play the pieces that are on the board. You follow the rules or the rules lose all meaning. And you can bet that if the rules lose all meaning, the other side is going to use this to seize more and more power until, well, essentially we're an illiberal state like Hungary. 
You know, I am glad you brought that up because we did need to talk about Victor Orban's government and the CPAC of it mm. all today. Mm, because, yeah, lots of familiar MAGA faces uh, showed up in Budapest last week. And they even <laughs> they even got what is pretty obviously a pre-recorded video message from Tucker Carlson live from his old Fox News studio. Have a listen. Greetings to CPAC Hungary and to all you Americans in the audience. You are very brave. You have wound it up on one of Samantha Power's lists. The State Department is keeping track. You went to a forbidden country. I wish I was there in Budapest. If I ever get fired and have some time and can leave, I will be there with you. But in the meantime, Godspeed. We are thinking of you and cheering you on. Well, that's a bit awkward. You were fired, Tucker, and you still couldn't find time to travel on down to Budapest and speak in person with all your other far-right friends? <laughs> but of course, there were a whole lot of other terrible people at the event. Here's uh, Heidi Barish's coverage for the Washington Blade. On May 4th and 5th, the Conservative Political Action Conference, CPAC Hungary, will be holding another conference. The speaker's list is out, and headlining the event is Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban, who, with his anti-LGBTQ plus and other bigoted crusades, has turned Hungary into an illiberal democracy that has been cut off from European Union funds as a result. Just before speaking at CPAC Texas last summer, Orban touted the white supremacist great replacement conspiracy theory, saying that Hungary should not become a, quote, mixed race, unquote, country. Given who is on deck this week, the event seems likely to be filled with bigotry, especially against the LGBTQ plus community. CPAC events are known to be gatherings of far right and extreme politicians, and the upcoming conference in Hungary is no different. The online speakers list features quite a few American far-right figures, including failed Arizona gubernatorial candidate and election denier Carrie Lake, former Trump chief of staff Mark Meadows, former Pennsylvania senator and notorious anti-LGBTQ activist Rick Santorum, and a notorious conspiracy theorist with white supremacist ties, Mr. Jack Posobiec. Come on down. Also on... <laughs> Also on the, that just follows him wherever he goes. You, you yeah. hate to see it. Dang. Mm -mm. Poor guy. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> continuing. Also on the agenda are former Brazilian president Jair Bolsonaro's son, Eduardo Bolsonaro, who is rapidly anti-LGBTQ+. The former president's regime was notable for attacks on the LGBTQ plus community and indigenous people. Georgian Prime Minister Irakali Garbashvili is also slated to speak. The pro-Orban think tank Center for Fundamental Rights, a co-organizer of the event, praised the Georgian Prime Minister's stance against LGBTQ plus rights. And there is rapidly anti-immigrant former Slovenian Prime Minister Hanez Jansa, a close ally of Orban. The conference is the latest of several that CPAC has held overseas as it continues to build its international network. CPAC has held conferences in Japan, Australia, Mexico, Brazil, South Korea, and Israel, as well as national and state-level conferences in the U.S. These events, which have become increasingly radical in recent years, feature Trump allies and strongmen like Orban, as well as those touting white supremacist ideas like the Great Replacement conspiracy theory and who target certain communities, in particular LGBTQ plus people. A good way to summarize all of this is by pointing out that the entrance to the CPOC Hungary event was a sign declaring the event the 
quote, no woke zone, unquote. And when they tell you who they are, you know. Yeah. And as they wrote in the blade there, the, the headliner of the event was Hungary's anti-democratic leader, Viktor Orban, who... Oh, boy. <laughs> what can you say? What can... Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to start talking about the recent deals with the Russian government on energy deals or Russian state-owned companies with energy deals. The Hungarian branch of a Russian bank that was recently sanctioned by the U.S. There, the, the EU sanctions on Orban and Hungary and withholding funds because of his anti-democratic actions. But, you know, I'm going to keep going here because it's a long, it's a long list. And it's a list of things we are fighting against. I'll, how about I just, I'll just say that. Works for me. Um, <laughs> we had some reporting on the event from Flora Gram Volgi, who I'll just point out was doing a great job of reporting on the ground at CPAC Hungary until the organizers decided to kick her out. As she wrote on Twitter, this was on May 5th, got kicked out of CPAC Hungary. The organizers told me that I was only able to register for the event due to a, quote, system error, unquote. A few weeks ago, they sent me a successful registration email after I filled out their form and checked my passport at the registration desk yesterday. I saw her responding to someone. That was the end of the tweet, but I saw her responding to someone else who said that they got security and escorted her out of the building. Well, here's her reporting for The Guardian. The Hungarian leader, Viktor Orban, has called for Donald Trump's return to office, claiming that their shared brand of hard-right populism is on the rise around the world in a speech to U.S. Republicans and their European allies in Budapest. Orban was addressing the second annual meeting of the U.S. Conservative Political Action Coalition, CPAC, in the Hungarian capital, aimed at cementing radical right-wing ties across the Atlantic. He said that conservatives have, quote, occupied big European sanctuaries, unquote, which he listed as Budapest, Warsaw, Rome, and Jerusalem. He added that Vienna, quote, is also not hopeless. He noted that Washington and Brussels were still in the grip of liberalism, which he described as, quote, a virus that will atomize and disintegrate our nations, unquote. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just... Oh, they say these things with with straight faces mm -hmm. and people clap. It's amazing. Uh, he said that with his chest. Damn. <laughs> uh -uh. All right. Continuing here. The Orban government has made tentative approaches to open contacts with Ron DeSantis, with the Hungarian president, Caitlin Novak, flying to meet the Florida governor in Tallahassee in March. But at Thursday's CPAC conference, it was overwhelmingly Trumpist and Orban threw his full-throated support behind the former U.S. president. And, and to be clear, CPAC is it's just all Trump mm -hmm. all the time. Not, it, I mean, CPAC is like the it's the Donald in human form. Uh, that's it's, yes. <laughs> it's a, yeah. If the Donald met in real life, it would be CPAC. So apparently, continue with the article here, uh, Orban said, quote, I'm sure if President Trump would be the president, there would be no war in Ukraine and Europe. Come back, Mr. President, make America great again and bring us peace, unquote. 
And I'll, it, it reminds me of some quotes from Orban from 2016 when he promised to make Hungary great again. <laughs> and increasingly, there is this little nexus of political consultants from the U.S. who go over to places like Hungary. And gosh, isn't isn't and what isn't one of those people someone we know? You you mentioned this to mm-hmm. me recently. Mm-hmm. Who is that? Who's the the guy? It's it, I think he registered under FARA. Is that correct? It is. It is in Hungary. How do we know this fellow? <laughs> so yeah, there is somebody that we know who's made a certain amount of money doing some work for the Hungarians. A gentleman by the name of Richard Carlson. Oh, and if that last name sounds a little familiar, well, his son just got <laughs> fired from an incredibly lucrative gig on Fox News. He has a lobbying firm called Policy Impact Strategic Communications, and they are under a fire registration for Orban. The firm, according to the New York Mm. Times in 2019, introduced Tucker to the Hungarian ambassador, set up an interview on Carlson's show that year with Hungary's Minister of Foreign Affairs and Trade, and otherwise helped Fox News orchestrate meetings and interviews with relevant Hungarian officials. Then last August... Carlson spent a full week broadcasting his nightly Fox News show from Budapest, replete with fawning interviews with Orban and gushing voiceovers about how Hungary was, quote, a small country with a lot of lessons for the rest of us. Aww. Wait, but, but wait, I thought I thought foreign agents were bad. Is this America um, first? Still, apparently it's what, America what first, here? as long as the America you're talking about is the America they want. That's a little weird mm. that... He registers as a foreign agent, and then his son does a massive, you know, week-long commercial for Orban. Well. You know, Tucker went even farther earlier this year, releasing a documentary called Hungary versus Soros, Fight for Civilization, which portrays the country as a rightist utopia that has conquered illegal immigration thanks to its supposedly impenetrable border fence. I mean, this is like... You'd think they would be required to issue a disclaimer somewhere like the preceding program is a commercial announcement paid for by the (laughs) government of Hungary. I mean, they have to do it when it's infomercials. Why not? Well, you would expect that at a news organization. Mm -hmm. Which Fox is apparently not. I don't know. I don't know. What what did Joe Biden say? Uh, He said, you know, NBC News, which is owned by NBC Universal and Fox News, which is owned by Dominion Voting (laughs) Systems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. This guy's got dementia. Uh, sure he does. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess not not those foreign agents are, are the problematic ones. But yeah, we would really expect nothing less. And for clarity, some of the Soros stuff, a lot of this has a very Russian origin. Mm-hmm. The demonization of Soros and, and the Jews more generally goes back a long time in Russia and George Soros is from Hungary and Viktor Orban took up the anti-Soros, anti-woke, global, whatever we're calling it this week, social justice warriors. We don't, they don't use that phrase anymore, but it's the same mm-hmm. thing. It's, uh, he took up this cause more than a decade ago and he's used his platform and position to push out independent media to control the judiciary, stack the courts with his own people to essentially gain a supermajority in the legislature. And it's worked. And this is, again, 
what MAGA and Tucker Carlson and all these people aspire to be. And it's it's not democracy. So if you value that sort of thing, <laughs> which if you're listening, you either really don't and you hate listening or you really do. And and Hungary is, I just, it's not the vision I have no, in mind. No, me either. So the last thing I will uh, add about the story from The Guardian is it's, I just can't in good conscience keep it out. But Flora Garamvolgi wrote, inside at the conference, she found a map and she said, inside a huge map of Hungary was emblazoned with the words, no country for woke men. <laughs> Some guests arrived in t-shirts that displayed Orban and Trump together as peacemakers and saviors of the world. The events 2023 motto was united we stand. And I, I you got to wonder if they were wearing Q shirts. <laughs> Where we go one, we go all. If their undershirt was uh, just full on QAnon, but who is to say? Well, you just listen to all these speeches by all these familiar names, and it's just wow, wokeness bad, fascism good, energy all over the place. They call it something different, of course. They're not the authoritarians. The left is. They're for the rule of law. They're going to preserve civilization. The left's woke Antifa mind virus is going to transtifa communism your kids or wherever we're calling it this week. <laughs> <laughs> On a personal level, I just can't get over the fact that Carrie Lake is at CPAC Hungary, <laughs> the former news anchor turned failed politician. She went on Bannon's show before the event to promote it. And drum roll, please. I I know this may shock you, but yes, Carrie Lake is still talking about how she's going to become the governor of Arizona. No, not after the next election, which she plans on winning. Not not that. Not that at all. She's still fighting. Mm fighting okay. over 2022 and claims she's going to kick out the actual governor of Arizona now, a, the Democrat Katie Hobbs. <laughs> okay. Okay. None of this is, is new from Carrie Lake. It's We've heard it before, but I guess, uh, I guess I felt like I had to tell you they're still doing it because they're, they're still, still doing, doing it. it. And they're still filing court cases that they're ultimately losing. But again, it's a, it's a narrative play. It's a we're fighting the deep state or <laughs> whatever the, the boogeyman is this week. Uh, one of her lawyers was recently sanctioned by a court in Arizona for making, quote, false factual statements to the court. He, of course, quote, tweeted a reporter who tweeted this out and said, uh, fact check that it's not true, but it, it is true. And you can say whatever you want mm -hmm. on Twitter, uh, especially now. So, <laughs> so she says falsely that she won in 2022 and there's going to be people like Bannon out there who are willing to play along. And that's just the way it's going to be. Apparently. Yeah. He actually asked Carrie Lake how she's going to get in the governor's mansion in Arizona. <laughs> like it could happen tomorrow with a straight face. Buy a ticket and take the tour like everybody else. <laughs> the reality is that <laughs> she's out there auditioning for the vice presidency on Donald Trump's 2024 ticket. And she might end up getting it. Yeah, she might. And speaking of the next U.S. election, we had a recent CBS News YouGov poll out, which I <laughs> it's 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 bad. <laughs> it's but it, bad. it it <laughs> the questions are fine, but the, the answers they're they're not fine. But it asked likely Republican primary voters what the important issues are to them. Uh, Griff, which policy positions do you think uh, are keeping Republican voters up at night these days? Excuse me? Policy positions? Yeah. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Who are you and what have you done with Jay? <laughs> is it is it free trade? Is it the budget or tax relief or healthcare reform or NAFTA? Yeah. Sorry. Which of these traditional policy debates do you think we'll be having this time around? You'll have to forgive my co-host, people. He's not sure what year it is. Let me just read this from the poll real quick, and we'll talk about what they want here. According to, again, CBS News, YouGov poll, 2024 Republican nomination, top answers from likely GOP primary voters. 85% want a candidate who, quote unquote, challenges woke ideas. 66% percent mm-hmm. mm-hmm want a candidate who opposes any gun restrictions any any whatsoever 61% want a candidate who says that Trump won in 2020 <laughs> and 57% want a candidate who makes liberals angry so triggering the libs <laughs> owning the libs is now an official policy position at this point of the GOP I'm sorry. I just 61% want a candidate who says Trump won in 2020. Exactly. <laughs> you just want a candidate who exactly. says Exactly. <laughs> it's an article of faith, right? I mean, how can you be in charge if you can't understand like the catechism, right? I mean, this is just basic stuff. <laughs> and we've linked this article in the episode sources because it's honestly, it's just mind blowing. It's real. Okay. Just like, trust us. It, mm-hmm. it exists. You may have already seen it, but if you, you got to read this, just it read exists. it. You got to read and it. The amazing part of these numbers is that it looks also like Trump might have a support floor with about a quarter of likely voters are considering only him right now and no other names listed. Think about that. <laughs> 25% of Republican likely primary voters are Trump or no one. Yep. Yeah. These are the people who, if not, if he loses, because they, they don't think he mm-hmm. can lose the primary. If the primary in their, in their eyes, if the primary is stolen, stolen, stolen. from Donald Trump and he tells them to stay home or write his name in or vote for Don Jr., or write in Q. I'm pretty sure they'll mm-hmm. do it. They'll just they'll just do it. Absolutely. And in a close election, that could make the nut for him. <laughs> Trump is not going to give up on the nomination. If he somehow doesn't get it, he's going to scream bloody murder that it was stolen. And people will believe him. And if it holds through to the general election and these voters don't come home, so to speak, it may make it impossible for another candidate to win. I know we keep saying Mm -hmm. this, but again, Ron DeSantis, what what is your plan with with this 25%? Right. Right. And meanwhile, according to CNN, quote, Republicans hold a dour outlook on the country and prioritize finding a 2024 nominee who shares their views on major issues over one with a strong chance to defeat President Joe Biden, according to a new CNN poll of Republicans and Republican-leaning independents conducted by SSRS. The survey suggests sharp divisions within the potential GOP electorate by age, education, ideology, and geography, as well as between Donald Trump, backers locked into their choice, and a more movable group in search of an alternative, unquote. This isn't one party, folks. 
Nope. It's two raccoons in a trench coat and the raccoons are fighting with each other. You've got <laughs> this one group that actually cares about winning the presidency. And then there's this whole other group that prioritizes loyalty to Trump over everything else, even if it means four more years of Biden. Because they must defeat the Uniparty. Uh-huh. And the Uniparty is in the room with them right now. Absolutely. <laughs> and only Trump can do something about it. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just 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 sit with all that for a second and, and really think about it because it is not good. No, no, it is not. And honestly, it really sounds like a large number of Republicans have signed up on team no political solution. We don't like framing it that way. We don't like saying it. Mm -hmm. And it's it's very concerning because when they're and it's the, the idea of no political solution in far right circles means that you've come across a group of people who will resort to violence because they believe there is no political solution to what they believe ails them. Mm -hmm. And we are not at the point where we're expecting a mass uprising and revolt. But again, the threat of lone wolf attacks is going to linger. And these people Wherever they get their information and however they got to this point, they have one answer for every question related to politics, and it is Trump. Mm -hmm. And they're, I think the only political solution for them is Trump, even if Trump is in some way going to lead to violence, they're going to convince themselves he's not, and that any other option is worse. And I mean, essentially, even if these people aren't QAnon adherents, it's it's the same level of loyalty. And that's scary. Very much. And, you know, it's a real bad sign. You decide there's no political solution. What are you left with? Yeah. And the, the most charitable read is that the smart people have realized that they work better as an opposition party. And, well, the, the smart. Oh. I know. I know. Right. I, mean, uh, I don't like any of this. I don't like a bit of no. this. But they figure they're more likely to achieve their goals as an opposition party because you look at Trump's first term. They had the House. They had the Senate. They had the White House. And they really, for all that, didn't manage to get a whole lot done. But they still, you look at the same CBS YouGov poll. And it asked among the likely voters in a GOP primary, they were asked why they're voting for Trump. And 94% said their reason was his past performance as president. And they also said at 94% that he fights for people like me. And yeah, when you look back and you think they did have, they had the House, they had the Senate, they had the White mm -hmm. House, and they barely got their tax cut for rich people passed. And these people still think he did an amazing job. If you're if you're on on side with that, you think he's possibly the greatest president ever. Mm -hmm. And if you ask them why they'll they'll list off some things they heard on the Internet. And it's it's just not about policy. Mm hmm. They either aren't aware or don't care that he didn't really pass anything all that meaningful. Nope. They believe this. That's what they believe. That's where they're at. 
this point. It's terrifying. It really, really is. And there are times that I think that all they really want is control of the House and 41 votes in the Senate, because that allows them to basically do anything they want, not do anything they don't want to do, and then blame the other side when things go wrong. Yeah. You're dealing with people who tried to pass a bill that would cut benefits to veterans. And of course, they were very mad at Joe Biden because he pointed this out, which nice job, White House social media team, keep pointing these things out and don't let them happen in a vacuum. But these are not people who want to accomplish things. They know they really can't accomplish much. So they are turning the dial up to 11 on performance and we keep seeing it and it's it's for clips it's for content it's to win the information war and control the narrative but if the uniparty is is old and stale and boring whatever this is is not governing no doesn't seem to know how to thanks for listening to the did nothing wrong podcast if you want to hear more you can go to did nothing wrong pod Dot com. You can also follow us on Twitter at James, the word four, and the letter M, all one word, and Grizza, BJJ, G-R-Z-A, BJJ, as well as DNW Pod. Thanks again for tuning in, and remember, everyone mentioned did nothing wrong.